tight interview with diligence coming up in just a second a big announcement before we begin i'm going on tour in october the tour starts on the 7th i'm going to pittsburgh youngstown detroit grand rapids buffalo guelph ontario kingston ontario portland maine new haven philly annapolis dc and baltimore uh, I got kind of a new live setup, which I'll uh, keep a secret for now. But the tour dates are up at heightwithfriends.com. I'll have the tour poster going around by Tuesday of this week. Bottom line, can't wait to get out there and do this. And I hope to see you out there. If you're checking this out on the week of the 14th of September... You might notice there's no artwork. Um, that's because Mike Riley had some kind of massive computer fail. Best of luck to Mike. I know he'll figure it out soon. Do check out MikeRileyComics.com. As always, we're being hosted by Splice Today. Let's, Let's go, go in. in. Tour was awesome. Well... So I think the way we look at it, like one, I think number one, we always try to just look at it like a fun experience. Like, yeah, this is like, we're trying to do work here, but it's also kind of like a vacation. Right. So when we start with that mentality, I think it ends up pretty okay. But then aside from that, we're really going to kind of network. So we're playing shows and we're making new fans, but we're really just trying to meet people that are kind of involved in the industry and, um, just trying to get advice from people, really. Like, so sometimes we'll go out there and just talk to different musicians or mm. people who work with venues or promoters and just kind of get an idea of, like, what they want to see from us in the next year. Um, and then also, every time we travel, we try to make music videos. Oh, So cool. the first time we went to L.A., we shot, like, three music videos, and then this time we shot two music videos. Oh, that's awesome. With, like, people out there? like, um, Or just you guys doing it yourself? The first time was out there. The first time we shot uh, with this dude, <laughs> his name, but there were Omari, I think it was like Omari Darian or something. There were like two different dudes, and they had reached out to Sheep and Soda on SoundCloud. Like they SoundCloud messaged them, mm. and they were like, oh, we heard you're coming out to LA. Can we shoot some videos for you? <clears throat> yeah. And they shot the shit with like red cameras and stuff. And they had whole crews with them, like, oh, shooting awesome. it for free. And then the ones we did this time, we brought our own videographer out. Okay. Which was actually really tight because specifically Butch and even Sheep, too, they're, like, pretty involved with their videos. Yeah. So having our own director out there was a lot better because... um Not necessarily there wasn't as many resources as far as, like, having a crew and stuff shoot the video, but... Like, Butch is so into, like, this is the idea I'm trying to have. Mm. And um, Mark, the guy we had out there, he was, like, really in tune with what Butch was trying to do. So it turned out pretty well. Oh, wow. What what does it mean when you say, like, going out there and, like, seeing what people 
would want to see from you. Oh, as far as like, um, so like the first time we went out, we, we had talked to some people from like, like booking agencies and stuff. Just like what exactly is going to make it so that in the future, like we can actually make money off of our shows or Mm. like be able to play bigger shows or, because we're not necessarily, I don't think anybody in Lamadon per se is like necessarily trying to get signed. We're trying to all stay as independent as possible for a long time. Yeah. But just a better idea of like what, like what do you want to see from an artist to know that you would like book them in the future for a bigger show? Yeah. So like us going and playing like a bunch of these smaller shows, every time that we go, we were able to like meet people who do other things or somebody reaches out to us and they're like, Oh, I saw you at this, but like next time you're around, check out this. So it's just kind of like trying to build that network and then get advice from those people about what they would want to see. It's kind of smart too, to be like, just do California. You know, I love playing in like South and Midwest and stuff, but like, it's so hard to book all that stuff. It's like it definitely is, <laughs> and and just to do the tour, just yeah. the miles of yeah. driving, and like a lot of it. Not that like I have a big like thing. I don't have much going in California, yeah. but it's like shows just are bigger out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is kind of like a destination for mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like it, it would make sense to just fly there. Sometime yeah. So so for us, it's like when I was in bands before that was like our, our destination. It's like, okay, we're traveling, we're going up the North to Seattle or Portland or whatever. Yeah. And then we're going to go down through San Francisco and right. we're going to go to LA. And then from LA, that's when we head back. So for this one, it's kind of like, I think we started last year trying to kind of do the takeover things, but our approach was basically let's spend a week to two weeks in these cities where we know that there's like a popping scene in the realm of what we're doing. Yeah. And then kind of just like see what we can do there within this time frame and then kind of like dip out. That's cool. So we're hoping to do like full tours at some point, but yeah. at this point we've done like New York. We're trying to do during the fall, do more like Philly stuff. And then it would be cool to go out to like Atlanta too. And then sure. eventually make these things where it's like, all right, let's just rent an Airbnb for like three weeks or a month and just stay out in the city and just do a bunch of work for this time and then come back since Baltimore will always be the home base. You mentioned being in bands before. Like, well, like, where did you start with music? As far as playing music goes, I started with the whole like recorder thing in fifth grade, and then I played yes. like clarinet and saxophone. And then in it was around sixth or seventh grade, I moved to Maryland. I moved to Frederick, and I remember I had like my saxophone and like the like kids with money. They would have a saxophone that they would keep at school, and then they have one they keep at home to practice on. But, like, I didn't have that, so I had to, like, take the shit on the bus, like, every day. (laughs) And so after, like, a couple weeks of doing that at school, I was like, I'm already trying to make friends. Now I got to, like, carry this between all my classes and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm done with this. But my parents were, like, you know, still into the idea of me playing music, and I was, like, trying to convince them to have me play music. So they had bought my sister a guitar, and I was like, well, you bought her a guitar, like, I gotta have something. But I didn't want to play the same instrument she played, so I was like, yo, like, get me a bass. So the first instrument I ever, like, started playing musically with other people was bass. And then in seventh grade, I started playing shows with this, like, I guess we were influenced by punk music. We were called Chasing Chase. But it was like, we were young. We played, like, 200 shows as that band that, like, super young, started at, like, 14. 200 shows. 
Yeah, with that band, we played like every weekend. Are so. you? Was that in Frederick? In or? Frederick, DC, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, just like around Maryland and PA and stuff. So. And wait, like, what years would that be? Like, I'm trying to think, because I'm 25 now. So it was like, well, it was like 2000. It was like 2000 and four through 2008 or 2000, mm. something yeah. like that. And how did how did that band like break up? Um, we were all like best friends for real, and we ended up like. I think it was just kind of separation of people started to like just do other stuff, right? And, like right. musically, because because the drummer in that band, Anoop, he's like super sick, and he he ended up like playing with Jeff Loomis, the dude from Megadeth, and like oh. I did another band with him and my sister, and the other dude, Dane, he ended up going to Philly and started another band. Everybody in the band was like super. Like, basically, I can say for the other people who are in the band, like, I looked at them as, like, musical geniuses, basically. Because that's, like, all they did was just translate shit through music. So, but that that definitely had a huge influence on, like, the way I look at music now. Mm. And you were saying, like, these punk tours. Like, what what bands was that where you would go out to the West Coast? So, the touring I started with The Lost Tourists, which was my sister, um, my homie David Krasner, who, like, helps out with the Bell Foundry now. Um, Andreas, who also makes beats now. And Anoop, who, like, makes beats and does his own kind of, like, metal thing now. And our whole thing was, like, we didn't want to be restricted to one genre of music. So we were really influenced by, like, metal and hardcore music, but everybody was also influenced by, like, jazz and funk and rap and screamo. So we were basically trying to, like, combine all those things. And, uh... That's when I started touring. We, like, started off doing weekend tours. We would do, like, Richmond and Baltimore. And then it, like, kind of grew to doing, like, okay, let's go down south or let's go to Chicago for two weeks. Yeah. And then finally we did, like, a full U.S. tour that was, like, almost a month. Mm. And then we, like, broke up right after that. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, That one was actually, like, a huge transition and, like, everybody was going, like, I think two people were starting college. Two or three people were starting college. Um, Anoop had some other bands he was working with, and then I was going to work with this nonprofit in California. So that was, like, when I first oh. started connecting to California. Okay. Were you, like, what, what was this nonprofit? Um, it was called Link, Liberty in North Korea. So basically it was, like, um, it was basically, like, an awareness group that was trying to, like, let people know about, like, the human rights crisis going on yeah. in North Korea. And so when I first went there, I was, like, a traveling representative. So I went on tour with them and did, like, I did one, like, three-month-long tour with them. And then did another (laughs) one where I came in halfway through. And that was crazy because we went to, like, all different types of schools, churches, and, like, all this stuff. And we were basically just, like, raising money to do these rescue missions for North Korean refugees that were, like, hiding in China. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, like, that's the type of nonprofit I work with. And then... I ended up coming home and then moving back there again to do an internship with them where I did, like, graphic design and video. Like, where did you go, like, musically from there? Or how did you, like, re-enter the... So that was, like, that was actually... Because I started... So I started rapping when I was, like, 15 or 16. And Uh I was just kind of, like, joking around with friends, freestyling and stuff. And then I started writing stuff more towards the end of that band, The Lost Taurus. Mm-hmm. And then I was meeting more people, like, in the rap community who were kind of, like, inspiring me and pushing me to, like, 
try harder at that rather than because yeah. for me like coming from a background of punk music you don't necessarily feel like you're like i guess naturally mentally you don't feel like as accepted by the hip-hop community you're just like right. oh well those are two separate things right which is like now what i'm trying to like change but basically i was making that music by myself i was making a lot of like raps by myself while i was in california and i was meeting people out there and i was trying to do stuff but I think that's initially what made me come back to Baltimore was like being out there, meeting all these people, doing all this amazing stuff with music, but realizing like I had no like grounds for what I was doing. It was just like, I'm just a person making music. I didn't have like really any direction or idea what I was doing. People there supported me and I played a couple shows and they like, they always supported the fact that I rapped, but like I felt being there, I felt like I couldn't really do anything or expand what I was doing. So why not? It was just, I think like compared to being here there, I knew people who rapped, but it was so like, I would hit people up and I'd be like, Oh, like, let's meet up. Let's like do a track. Let's do something. And I've, and it was just like, so, and I don't want to just blame LA, but it was like, yeah. people were so flaky. Like, mm. and then I would sit by myself and try to make something, but I didn't really, I was just learning when I was in California, I just started learning how to use Ableton. Yeah. Which now I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, but back then I was like, it literally took me like a year to figure out how to make a beat. Because mm. I'm just super stubborn and didn't want to use any like tutorials or anything. Right. So, <laughs> so I was just like, that was like my transition was really like being there, trying to do music, and then also realizing that if I'm not able to do music really in the way I want to, which is like pretty heavily that it's not mentally good for me. Like, I was over there, and I was, like, starting to get kind of depressed because I was, like, trying to do music, but it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Whereas, like, being back home, I always made music with friends, and we would just play a ton of shows. And, you know, you see the direct result of I'm performing music for people, and they're receiving it. Right, right. So I was, like, there, but not really doing that. Mm. So that was, like, the that was the transition, really, because <clears throat> I was offered a job by the nonprofit, but I ended up turning it down because, like, I felt like mentally I wasn't going to be able to, like, be in the place I want to be to help people if I'm not, like, taking care of my own desire to make music. Right. So how did it take shape initially as you came back here? So when I came here, I came back and I moved with my parents. My parents have moved from Maryland to West Virginia. Okay. So I first moved back to West Virginia and lived there for six months. And that's when I started, like, when Lamadon started. Mm. Um so basically what happened, I was delivering pizzas there, like in trailer parks and like all this crazy shit. I was writing a ton of raps. I like was really getting my hands on some more equipment because like that was a one big benefit of being here is that I have a lot of friends who have like music equipment yeah. and will trade our stuff. So it's like, OK, well, I have this MIDI controller I was able to do drums on, but now I need a synthesizer. So I'd like trade the drum thing with my friend. They give me a synthesizer. Yeah. I'd record that. So. <clears throat> that was working really well for a little while. Then the first the people who initially started Lamadon, we ended up getting in Pikesville a studio that was like basically this like old rundown dreamhouse mansion type thing. Whoa. That was a a Jewish frat house okay. that we we had known some people from high school. Yeah. So they rented out this room to us for like five hundred bucks, but it was like a big ass master bedroom. Whoa. Um. 
So we set up monitors and all our equipment there. And then that's what really got me into like being like, okay, well, I can write raps. And I, I, I recorded an album here um, with a friend when I got back. But like being in that whole situation with a bunch of people and we'll make beats and we'll make beats together, that's what really started getting me like moving towards like we can actually do something with this because if we're together it's like shit actually happens yeah and it's like so it's like all these it's like you and all these dudes like driving out to pike Hill every yeah day. that's cool yeah and then like just like it would be like okay i have to work three like all i have to do is these three like dumbass 14 hour shifts at this pizza shop in west virginia and then i'm done and then i can drive two hours to to Pikesville, and then I'll just stay there for two days, and, like, yeah. all we'll do is make music. Yeah. And then I'll come back and, like, do that. But eventually, like, I, I think the music was driving me enough that it was, like, I got out of West Virginia in, like, six months or something like that. Yeah. So. And who were the people that you were with at that time? So that is Andrew, Andrew Wilkinson, Fredo, Freaky Fredo, and Sanjeev and Deshaun and Michael. They're all, we're all from Frederick. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, the original ideas of, like, the Pizza Llama, like, mentality, that all came from, like, our group in Frederick. Yeah. Um, which people, like, very... The, the crazy thing about Lamanon is, like, depending on what people are doing in their lives, like, depends on how involved people can be in what we're doing. Mm. So at that time that was everyone who was involved. And for the most part, like all those people are pretty much still involved in what we do now and, or have moved to Baltimore. So, yeah. Oh, more on the production end or, um, so Sanji does like, he does like all of our graphic designs. He's okay. like super sick with graphic design. Um, Andy helps. He was like original person who helped start it. And he helps with like finances and organizing stuff and like helping book. And then Fredo does production and Michael does production, and Deshaun does, like, video and production. Mm. So, like, it as the collective, it actually started with, like, those people doing visual art and stuff like that. But then, as we started doing the shows, there were, like, regulars who came to the show. So, like, Juwan ended up being at, like, every show, or, like, Jacob Marley ended up being at every show. And then... Where did <clears> those guys come from? They're just, like... This is this is the craziest thing about Lamanon is like through the shows like hella people come out of the woodwork. Mm. Like I so I met Jawan because we like when I first started doing Lamadons, I first started doing them when I was in West Virginia, like trying to book these shows at the Bell Foundry. Okay. <clears throat> but then like a bunch of shit happened, like some people got arrested, a bunch of crazy drama happened, and like that ended up like putting us on hiatus for, like, a couple months. Yeah. And then Andrew McClymont, who is one of the people who helped us start, and he does sound engineering, but he lives out in L.A. now doing, like, freelance sound. Him and some other people reached out to me, and they were like, yo, you need to keep doing Lamadon because it's, like, nobody else is, like, putting on these shows, really trying to, like, help put some rap stuff out there and electronic and R&B and just mixing that with, like, punk and everything. And so... They reached out to me, and then I put on this show at Pine Box Art Center, and I learned so much from that show, because we just, like, dropped so much money and, like, lost a shitload of money, but I had booked 7-4 Villains, and I booked, yeah, we booked 7-4 Villains, and 
that's how I met Butch and Zeep and Dutchmaster and Buffalo and everybody in Soda. Like, that's how I basically became cool with everybody is we booked them for that show. So I kept going to their other shows, like talking to them. And then finally I was just like, yo, just like come over to the Bell Foundry, chill with us. And I would be like giving them flyers or whatever for the show. And then after that, it was just like everybody kept hanging at the Bell Foundry. Mm. So, and that was like our, that's like our space as far as like where we meet up and where we like come up with ideas. So I think it's just like, it's that like like like-minded individual mentality where it's like we're all trying to make music and we all like diverse types of music and we all like just sitting down and talking about our ideas and like coming up with shit Mm. so naturally i think that's like where where butch fell into it and then when everybody came back into the picture like fredo and andy it's like everybody just vibes together so sanjeev does like a ton of design for butch now and then does design for jacob marley and jacob marley came out of like us booking a beat trip and then he just came out to one of the beat trips and Butch was like, hey, this is Jacob. And I can say the exact same story for Elon, too, where we were just sitting at beat trip and then Jacob was like, oh, here's Elon. Yeah. And then, like, me naturally being like, okay, that's cool. Like, there's so many artists out. It's like you don't exactly know when to be excited for a new artist totally. coming out until, like, for Jacob and Elon, for them, it's like immediately when I heard their music or when I heard Jacob play his beats and when I heard Elon sing, it was like, all right, these guys are going to be a Lamadon. Like, you can already tell from the beginning. And, and like, the, these early Lamadon shows, like, would they be, like, the beat trip shows where it's, like, beats, mm-hmm. like, all different people playing beats and freestyles and stuff? Or? So we just started, we started with just Lamadon. And Lamadon would be, like, four or five acts and then free pizza. And it would be, like, pretty diverse. Like, we'd have beats, we'd have, like, rapping, we'd have singing. And then slowly started, like, slowly Andrew convinced me. He's like, dude, we're already, like, in the punk scene. Like, let's start just bringing everybody together because that's what Baltimore is all about. But we just don't realize it yet. Mm. So we started bringing them in. And then as I kept doing those shows, I think for me, like, since I'm so, like, ADD, it's like, okay, I can do pizza parties every month, but, like, I want to do something else. So we came up with Beat Trip, which is like one to eight producers, one person plays a beat at a time, anybody can come freestyle. And Grindhouse was like always super supportive of that yeah. idea. And it's like, it's just perfect because like there's a lot of um, hip hop has been like really close in in, his, in hip hop history with like health food stores and stuff like that. Right, like right. I don't know if you heard about like how, there's a documentary called How the West Was Won in like LA the where the good life and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah 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 so there was like the good life and they like they brought the cipher and that really like built a foundation for hip hop artists in that area so it's yeah. like so once we started doing them B Trip started the first like 12 it was like 5 to 10 people mm. in the room at once like it was the producers and like three rappers but a lot of the people you see now who are like in it like if you go there you'll see Lonnie Moore or you'll see like you'll just see, like, a random artist. But they've, like, really been there since yeah. the beginning. Like, Buffalo or Sheep will come out since the beginning and just, like, freestyle. And it's artists, too, you won't typically ever hear them freestyle. Right, right. But at Beat Trip, it's, like, the environment is just, like, just right to where people feel comfortable enough to. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I got to tell you, because, like, I went to one of, I think, the pretty early ones mm-hmm. that would, um, 
Like think small that, grindhouse. Yeah, it was like that yeah. kid, kid Dead played and a few other people. Mm. And I feel like it wasn't even... The one that I was at, it wasn't even really like... I wasn't even sure what was going to happen. Or like, what oh, was yeah, it was happen. just like, random. I was like, are people going to freestyle? Or, or like, what's happening? And then like... But it was cool. And then the one I went to maybe like a year ago or something, yeah. it was just like... I was, like, really blown away by, like, the quality. Just, like, it was, like, a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what I could tell you that would make you know, like, what night it was. But, like, <laughs> but yeah, like, we're at, like, I think we're at, like, 40. Yeah. Right? The next one, next Thursday, is 41. Yeah. So it's, like. But it was, like, a ton of different people in a circle mm-hmm. doing beats, like, two beats at a time or something. Yeah, it's, like, one or two. And then, like, yeah, the the freestyles, I was, like, really amazed by, like, how tight people were. Yeah. Like. And even the people who aren't tight are, like, still good. Yeah. Good. Or, like, yeah. And especially, like, I think what I've noticed over the years of doing it is, like, how the energy is. Like, you can see where the energy goes because... You know, I won't, I won't even, I will admit that sometimes there's been nights where the energy went into, like, a negative direction. So, mm. that's why, like, it's important now, I think, like, a lot of people know the rules and they they know the, like, energy to keep, to keep things positive and stuff. Do you um, mean negative as far as, like, people trying to just, like, hog the mic and stuff Yeah, like just that? stuff like that. Either people trying to hog the mic, people saying stuff that's just, like you know, overly derogatory to the point where it's like, you're making people uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to censor you because it's rap music. It's like, we're just talking, we're saying words. But like when you're, one of the big things I don't like is when people direct certain things at people like, and I'm trying to kind of make this a new rule where it's like, you, like, this isn't a battle. And when you call certain people out, it makes them uncomfortable. So, like, why don't we just not even, like, you can talk about people, like, about your environment, but don't say certain shit and, like, direct it at people. Because mm. that's, like, I've, I've personally witnessed that be, like, hurtful to people in the crowd. Like, even people who aren't rapping, you know, somebody calling out and being like, oh, that girl over there, blah, 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 blah. Right, and right, And it's right. just like, dude, like, <laughs> that, one, it doesn't make you seem like you're any, like, better at rapping. Two, right. you just made that person, like, uncomfortable. We don't need that. But, like, stuff like that or, um, yeah, just people, like, being... Or people being, like, stupid wasted and, like, rapping on the mic and it's not necessarily good at all, but it's, like, funny. So, like, people will keep, like, boasting that person up. Right, And they'll just be even louder and dumber on the mic because it's, like, funny. Right, right, right. But I think kind of drawing a line between, okay, it's funny to this extent, but, like, let's get back to actually being (laughs) lyrical because... Like, there's people here who come every two weeks because they want to rap and they want to freestyle. But it's, like, especially having, like, NASA 8. Like, I don't know if you know those dudes. Yeah. NASA 8, they're super fucking sick. And they're, they have, they're really deeply, like, they're young guys, but they're very deeply rooted in, like, origins of hip-hop and, like, you know, making sure that it's, like, a positive place that's going to move our scene forward Mm -hmm. rather than just, like, be stagnant so i think we're still at that point where we're like okay what do we how do we exactly organize this so every time we're doing it or every year or every couple months like this is a step forward rather than like we're just stagnating in this place where there's like it's just kind of like 
random and unorganized. And we always get to that point and back from that point. So hopefully this year, because um, Andy's been helping us book it a lot more. Mm-hmm. In the future, we're going to be able to like kind of like expand it better and make sure we always have a host there and make sure like the rules are always present. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Out of like your stuff or like out of any projects with those guys that you've worked on, what do you feel like was the first release that you were like super excited about? First release I was super excited about. I would say um probably the first one that like everybody like I got super excited about, probably because everybody around me was so excited uh-huh. about it, was Lower Mercury, which is oh, okay. Butch's album. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was really exciting because I think that was just around the time where we were all getting serious about like music. Or yeah. like, you know, like looking at it like, all right, we're always taking steps forward rather than just like standing here. And so when he he was talking to Ronin about the artwork and collaborating with like Elon and Jumbled and just really experimenting, like he was living at the Bell Foundry while I was living there. So it was like, I got to firsthand like witness all of that. Mm. And then same thing with parallels. And like, I think I can say the reverse for Butch for me with like die slow. It's like, we're always around each other when the process of that is being made. So it's kind of like, even though it was his project or even though like die slow is my project, it's collaborative in the fact that like, we're all talking about what the artwork's going to look like and what concepts are. Yeah. So I, that was the first release I was just, like, super pumped about. That's awesome. Like, Die Slow is, like, I think it's a really good album. Man. Thanks, like, yeah. It totally has that feeling of, like, it's not just, like, you plugged in these verses by these dudes. It feels mm-hmm. like they're, like, there as, you, as yeah. you're doing it, you know? Yeah, it was, like, there were a couple people who didn't end up on there. <clears throat> just some, Simply because, like, I I decided that I was going to release it at this certain point, and it was, like, I had a bunch of songs written, but I didn't give myself that much time to record them. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Bemiosa and Buffalo were actually supposed to be on it. But okay. I have to save that for another time. Die slow, too? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Who's that dude, like, his name is, like, VH... VH... Oh, no, that's actually... So, that's Veronica. She's Veronica. from... She is from... Um, she's from New York. She lives in Brooklyn, and she actually has played two Lamadon events. She played the okay. first Lamadon ever, but her beats are like real crazy. Oh, you're talking about the person who's talking on that track? Is that who you're talking about? Oh, oh, I guess it's okay. It's like produced by but who raps on that track? So I rap on the track. Oh and shit! Then, okay, I'll that explain. I'll explain verse, that man. track because yeah. it's kind of like confusing, and I didn't even know how to label it fully because. But I'll I'll make it clear here yeah. so people know. The first part, okay, so the entire first part of the beat where it, like, is all the rhythm and all the crazy sounds, that's produced by VHVL. Veronica. Okay. Um, she's a really good friend. She's awesome. And then Kwame Rose is at the beginning where he is having a conversation or more so just, like, talking to Geraldo Rivera when Fox News came to Baltimore during the protests. Right, right, right. So, and Kwame is sick, too. He's a really sick musician. I just handed him a mixtape the other, like, when I was here the other week. So I hope he listens to it, because I was like, yo, you're on this. You need to hear this shit. Oh, nice. Um, 
and then the end so after all the drums and track end on that i like played some keys and then i brought in jpeg mafia who's kind of like a new person in lamadon um he's from i don't know if i'm like fuck it up i'm pretty sure he's from alabama okay <laughs> he's 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 at my crib right now he's gonna like hear this and be like dude he's like from there louisiana he's from the south and then he lived in japan for a while and then he came here a couple months ago and it's just been like chilling with everybody and clapping with like me and elon um so it was like two nights i did like all the primary recording and mixing the last week and a half two weeks before it was released yeah and jpeg so jpeg and my friend camille they were both there like two or three nights before I released it. And they were just like drunk. They had been out partying or something. Everybody was drinking, actually. I, I got drunk too. And <laughs> and JPEG just kept being like, man, we're talking about the same subject, man, ma- uh, subject matter. Like we should just be, He's, he really wanted to be on the album. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to turn on some beats, turn on some stuff and just like say whatever. And then if it fits, I'll put it in there. So... That part ended up fitting, and then there's the other track where it's them just, like, drunk talking shit to me. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) And so it all kind of fit into, like, I really just wanted the album to be, like, this is this point in time in my life. And for me, it's actually, like, and I don't know if you ever feel this way with music, but it's, like, these are things, some of those things in the album are, like, things in my current life or things in my past that I really wanted to, like, let go of. So, like, there's certain people I talk about on the album that, like, I don't want in my life anymore, and I just had to say some things about them, and then now the album is out, and now, like, I can talk about other things. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I would consider myself, like, like, I'm enjoying now being able to, like, do interviews and talk with people about music, but for the most part, a lot of, like, shit that I talk about is going to come out through my music. So, it was cool to be able to talk about that stuff. And really, like, I'm talking about gentrification and talking about gang violence and talking about, um, like, the riots and stuff like that. All of that wouldn't have come out if I wasn't living in Baltimore while that shit happened. Yeah. So it's, like, it's all, like, real accounts of, like, my feelings, basically. Yeah. Which is how I feel like music should be. Yeah. Um, And, uh, And not just yours, like everybody's yeah it's on the album yeah so it was cool to have great off in there i don't know if you've ever seen her live i know no she's yeah she's in lamadon too and she's super she's just like she just started rapping really and a lot of her stuff she like freestyles and then memorizes it and performs it live later she's just super experimental on some like crazy shit but she came in, and when she recorded the tracks, she just, like, was freestyling. She freestyled two tracks, yeah. moved some shit around, and then was like, do whatever you want to. That's awesome. Okay, she, yeah, she has a real crazy, like, sort sort of, like, singing voice. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. She's awesome. So, like, are you, what, what projects are you working on now with, like, I'm sure there's, like, things you've contributed yeah. to that are in process so um i'm always working on i have like some tracks i've worked on with elon that i'm trying to like we have one song that we did that we're trying to like put together um 
I'm trying to work. I have some different artists I'm trying to work with that like I'm hoping in the future to work with Joy Postel, to work with Jordan Bryant and um Ava from Sneaks. I don't know oh, if okay. you Sneaks. Yeah, yeah. She's super sick. I really want to do some music with her. Um Yeah, so it's like right now I'm working on I'm working on like doing mixes like dropping dj mixes getting better at djing and then um i'm also trying to work on a project that's just kind of like experimental beats and a project that's more like um just kind of like slow jams like chill lovey-dovey stuff oh cool because i'm just in that mood lately yeah but it's like i was saying about like moving forwards with stuff it's not just like the things i'm expressing lyrically in there like sounds too like I've been making like that sound came out the way I wanted it to, but like I'm trying to like try some new sounds now. So totally, I think when I make an album, like there will be, there's always going to be like that remnants of rap music or like singing and rapping and stuff like that. But like, I always want to be like trying new stuff. Yeah. I, and I don't think like people really understand if you don't make music like yeah it's kind of like once you do the album like the idea is done yeah you don't want to just do it again yeah and i feel the same way about like art like whenever i make visual art and i do definitely do it less now but like when i was really like making art pieces it's like all right i'm or doing graphic designs it's like all right i'm i'm done with this so right (laughs) (laughs) let's move on yeah the thing that's really interesting to me one of the things that's really interesting to me about all you guys what you're doing is like is like there's just so many people involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like as i try to like keep track and i think yeah. it's like really smart to mm-hmm. have it be like that it's like incredibly like open-ended yeah you and know? we're like always open to new members yeah too. so and we're like we're about to start a street team too so as like a way for people to kind of like get introduced to what we're doing and then what, what do you mean exactly so like there's people who just kind of like the real way to join Lamadon is like to just kind of like really be doing really just be doing your thing in baltimore musically like yeah. any genre because i would love for bands to be involved too right right um and it's really just being present and being around and and wanting to contribute to like just the moving forward of our like scene um, but with the street team, we're just trying to bring people in who will help us promote. And like, we have like really big plans for the fall. So we cool. just did the tour in LA and we just had fun with that. But we're really trying to move forward on making sure that our next couple shows are really big. Yeah. So I've just been planning out to like December, like shows we're going to do oh, that's awesome. and trying to get people involved. And then, um, we got some new merch coming out and then we're also, working on like rebranding and doing a new website and then actually having on the website, like here are the members bio. Here's what we do. Because yeah. I think <laughs> a lot of people are still confused about what Lamadon is. N- not that we aren't to a certain extent confused about what we do because it's just like, like now I've kind of described like where the origins of it. And now it's like here at this completely other thing, but everybody's like, everybody's pretty excited. Cause the whole, I think when it comes down to it, the basis is, like, we are all artists in a city that doesn't exactly have a scene that works for us. So it's, like, we're here trying to build a scene and also, like, 
these are other artists who have experience in different platforms and different disciplines. So like, yeah. how can we offer each other advice to move forward rather than be like running on that artist treadmill where you're just like running, but you're staying in the same place. Right. Right. Also like what you guys do, it's very specific to now, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like the idea of like a hip hop crew or like a scene or something like mm-hmm. in the past, like, I feel like it used to be all about, like, we can't let too many people in. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, all right, we had four dudes, and now it's, like, <laughs> yeah. three, and that's, like, it's like, you know, it seems like it'll keep yeah, it's, getting bigger. It's and, probably going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. I mean, at some point, we might have to be like, all right, we are, like, but I guess Wu-Tang has, like, 100 members or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, it varies what people do, like, their capacity, because some right. people are, like, like, some people just make music with us. Like, great off, like, we just want to be there to help put her music out. Or, like, bring it to a wider audience. And she's going to help us host at the next show. But there's other people, like, Jacob, Marley will occasionally book shows. Right. So it's, like, everybody plays their different role. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I got to say, like, like, I think it was probably partially, like, because of your guys' involvement, but I felt like Ratscape was like one of the awesomest things ever this year. Oh yeah, man! You know? And it's like that's our little baby because it's like <clears throat> I think for us we'll get into doing bigger stuff. Like you know, I hope one day to be able to stage manage like big funded, yeah, sponsored festivals and and like organize in that capacity. But I think for us, like this is despite whatever happens, whatever positive or negative thing happens during the process of Ratscape, it is ideally what, like, Lamadon is. Is it's, like, you've got punk bands, you got indie groups, you got pop singers, like, rappers, everything just, like, all meshed together. And it's not at the point yet where we, like, fully desire it will be. Like, like I think me and Mike Franklin and... Josh Lepner, the organizers. And um, I think our main goal at the end of the day is like to the point where you're not noticing that break between genres. And I think like after hopefully next year and the next couple of years, like you'll get that. And you get that at different points during the show. Right. But um, like that's one, one thing people notice is like you'll see a hip hop go- act go on and like there'll be, like, a bunch of black supporters there, and then they'll go on, and a punk band will go on, and it'll be a bunch of white supporters. Right, right, right. And then, but later on, like, at the end of the night, and this is what we always get excited for every night, is because it's a long marathon show, and that happens throughout the show inevitably, but then towards the end of the show, the lines are so, like, blurred. Totally. And hopefully one day we'll get, like, outdoor stages and more time and funding to really just be, like, all right, how can we mix this up so much that people, like, can't anticipate what's going to happen? Yeah. I think probably all of us think about how segregated a city Baltimore is. Yeah, totally. And, like, you know, did you see that, that like, piece that Jana Hunter wrote yeah, recently? Yeah, like, I was, I was, I read it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt like it, it started a lot of, Dialogue, I guess. Yeah, a ton of dialogue. Because then they asked me to do, like, a city paper one. Mm. Like, a response. 
kind of like a response, but like just personal diary. Yeah. Did you read that one? I did not get to read it. You should that. check that one out because it's cool. like um, Lawrence Bernie interviewed, I think it's like 12 artists of color from the scene, yeah. like who all do different stuff. And then just asked them about their experience with like uh, racial inequality in the music scene. Mm. So I'm just glad it's being talked about. And yeah. um, I will say like not sp- to get too specific about like what's happening right now, but through that, I've been able to like move forward with some people who, you know, myself and others felt like were part of the problem. So it's like, as far as like us not being able to get certain shows, not be in certain venues. So it's like, that's what like, you know, I can say it all day. That's what I've been working for. I really hope that my actions just show that I've been working for that. But I've been really working to desegregate these venues and like desegregate just the scene. And it's like, it's not like, it'll never ever be easy. And there's other people working on it too, but it'll like, it's never going to be easy. And I think for us, we just got to work hard to make sure that, like, in the future, like, people don't have to deal with it as much. Yeah, yeah, and I feel you. And to give you props, I really have to say that, like, with all due respect to, like, what Jana wrote and everything, like, de- like, definitely thinking of stuff that you guys have done, I've been like, well, how could it be tighter than that (laughs) you know what i mean like the baltimore is a very very segregated city Mm -hmm. but i don't feel that i feel like there's parts of the music scene that are like amazing as far as how much they're not like that which you might not find in like little rock arkansas or something You, you know what i mean i don't know and so like talking about like i guess like the long term for us it's like we I really want to be transparent about Lamadon and Beat Trip. And it's something that I hope in the future, like my ultimate goal with Lamadon is that anything that we do here in Baltimore can be done in any other city in the world. So really what I want to do is create like this platform that can be used in other cities. So like we were talking about how you were talking about like, <clears throat> sometimes people are like, oh, well, maybe the collective's too big. Like there's too many people involved people approach me and they say like, Oh, don't let people know your secret. Like, don't let people know how you're doing these things with the music scene, right, and, right. which we're not about. Like really I'm about showing people how this is done for us. First of all, figuring out how it's done, like figuring it out, how you create a music economy for people of color in a poor city that involves everyone. Yeah. And then getting that economy going, giving some people national attention and then, allowing people to know how to do that in different cities. So for us, like my idea is like, um, and I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but kind of like in the Arab spring when they had like USB drives that had like PDFs on like how to start a revolution in your country. Like I want to basically create something like that where Mm. it's like a PDF and then you're able to like pass that around and it's like, okay, here's how you set up a show. Here's how you set up a cipher. Like here's how you break down money so that like everybody can get paid Here's how you promote, like, just everything on how to do it because nobody really, like, leaves that legacy for people. Like, I was always inspired by, like, or Wartscape and Wham City and and just different shit, like, dance parties and Taxla, like, stuff that I went to when I was younger and I had no connection to, but now, like, 
when I first moved to Baltimore, there was like none of that. And there's only a couple of people like Abdu doing Kalan and like some people doing like EDM stuff. And it's like, we're trying to figure out from scratch, like how do we get people out to shows? Like how do we make money and like get out of our situation? So basically my goal is that if we do get to a point where we end up leaving the city, cause we're doing, you know, uh, bigger music things that take us other places. Like how do we leave a legacy or leave like a blueprint so that younger people can do what we've done. And we're right. not just leaving them in the dark being like, okay, now we have money, like figure it out for yourselves. I and I think people don't realize like, like, cause say for me with like the rap around Robin thing, yeah. every night, on tour people are like yeah you, you gotta copyright this or so yeah and it's like it's like if someone else started someone that played that yeah. show was like i'm gonna do another one of these which has happened mm-hmm. to a very small degree but like if they did that would be incredible yeah and then when we come back they would already have yeah. have it rolling and you know and it's like i i don't know it's makes no sense to be like I would rather not have mm-hmm. them make a hundred and fifty dollars, yeah. <laughs> like without me there. Or something. Yeah, you know, it's like it's so much more important. If you have a good idea, it's so much more helpful to everyone, including yourself. Yeah, if people copy it, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's like it only like things only grow from like the little sparks. Yeah, so it's like that's ultimately what we want. Like that's why. I was so happy to be a part of Ratscape because it's like, okay, I think about me when I was 14 going to shows and it's like, all right, I see, it's like you see, like, in in the punk scene, it's like, I went to hella shows and I just saw hella, like, white males making music. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you come to Ratscape, you'll see that, but you'll also see, like, women making punk music or you'll see, like, you'll see, like, a black dude making punk music or, like, a black dude doing hip-hop or a white guy doing hip-hop like it's all mixed up to the point where you feel like i want to see a young person go to a show like that and be inspired to do like multiple things or start a punk band that's influenced by hip-hop where it's like you know anything is like totally possible after that yeah fuck man well that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) well i think that about wraps it up i guess is there anything else you wanted to mention um i guess the only thing is Beat Trip every first and third Thursday, Grindhouse Juice Bar, until it changes. <laughs> starts okay. at starts at seven thirty PM, ends at ten thirty, three hours of rapping. Um and then September twenty fifth at Metro Gallery we're doing the next Lamadon Pizza Party. It's called Lamadon Pizza Portal. Free pizza and then we have like Amon Omari uh coming out from New York, Obliv from Richmond. Model Soul and DJ Native Son from DC, and we're hoping it's like our biggest Lamadon yet. So oh, that's awesome! September twenty fifth. Buy tickets. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks so much for coming out, man. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, I thought my man really dropped some gems there, particularly towards the end. Thanks again to Diligence. See you next week.